Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast, conversations that help people maximize their full potential by helping them understand that life is more like a marathon than it is a sprint. From former athletes, personal trainers, coaches, social media influencers, and entrepreneurs, talk about their journey on and off the field and how they maximize their talents once they hung up their cleats. And here's your host, Matt Joy. In this episode, I have a former teammate of mine talk about his experience as an athlete and how he got started in the performance training industry. He talks about the lessons he learned from his own mistakes and the people around him, as well as the importance of maintaining a high level of focus for the goal you want to achieve, as well as how to control your ego, especially when you're part of a team. Without further ado, here's episode two. Today, we're actually lucky to have another former teammate of mine, awesome guest. His name's Danny Agman, and Danny's actually located out of Lodi. New Jersey, and he's a personal trainer out of New Jersey, but also works at a marketing firm. Um, Danny, how you doing today? Doing well, man, with my boy, Young Choi. What it do? <laughs> my guy, awesome, dude. Hey, Danny, if you don't mind, man, just give our audience a quick uh, little background about yourself before we get started here. Yeah, so um, my name is Danny Apoku Adjman. Um, I played college ball. Me and Choi, we played together. Football was, is a love of mine, I guess. Um, that's why it kind of, you know, brought me to where I'm at today and the things that I do, you know, giving back to kids and, and trying to better kids, not only within training and, and playing, but in, in life because uh, sports can be, can be a huge, huge life changer for a lot of people, a lot of people. 100%, man. And I think, uh, I mean, you said it best, right? It's like, especially when you have that platform, right? It's like using that as an opportunity, especially when you're done playing, it's, it's eye-opening in terms of, you know, what role models you had as a kid, probably, right? right. Um, so kind of transitions, I mean, like, you know, you younger, obviously, where, where were you? Were you born in Jersey? No, so I was originally born in the Bronx. Okay. City. Um, I'm not, a couple of people might not be familiar with it, but there's a couple of girls in, the, in New York, mm-hmm. and um, the Bronx is one of them, and that's where I was, I was born originally. Okay. I moved to uh, Jersey um, as an adolescent. And from there, you know, I, I tell people I was born there, but I was really raised in Jersey. Right. So I was born in the Bronx, raised in Jersey. Awesome. Awesome. So I guess, dude, Dan, talk a little bit about you as a kid, right? Like, what, were, what, kind, of, what kind of kid were you? You know, book smart, athlete, you know, hustler, ladies man. Like, yeah. what, what were you like as a kid, you know? Well, me and you, you know how the ladies go. It's like, nah. <laughs> uh, it's like nah. um, I was definitely an athlete. Uh, I used to love to race. I used to love to, you know, run, play ball, play basketball. Basketball was actually my first love. And I would say I was I was definitely an extrovert. I hated being inside because I, I always wanted to be out. Always wanted to be out. Always wanted to be, you know, with, you know, groups of friends, playing, just, you know, having fun, having a good time. At a young age, I just wanted to have fun. I always wanted to have fun. And playing sports definitely bring joy to my life as a kid definitely mm-hmm. awesome um so you said you so you played basketball you said right so I mean was when was uh, obviously you ended up playing college football and you know football was a big part of your life I guess when did you make that transition or find that love for football or did uh, it just like, happen I guess throughout high school or yeah it kind of just happened like I, I played basketball a lot and then I started playing football more um there was one year where I didn't play football. Well, I didn't. So I started playing football, I would say, sixth grade. Yeah, sixth, seventh grade. And I, but I played basketball since forever. Since I can remember, I was playing basketball. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I started playing football sixth, seventh grade. And then my eighth grade year, I didn't play football. I just played basketball. And then going into high school, that's when I started taking football way more serious because – kind of realized like you know at my stature playing ball at the at the next level would be kind of tough but I still enjoyed the game and um I thought I was going to the league in basketball shit I thought I was going to the league every sport you know what I'm saying so you know what I'm saying I respect it I respect it yeah I was just playing man I was just I was just playing I loved basketball but then I started focusing more on football I would say probably my freshman year of high school okay Okay. I guess now, obviously, we went, you you know, you were a couple years older than I was, you know, you went to Monmouth, um, you know, after you're done playing in Monmouth, I guess, talk about, you know, life after you hung up the cleats, right? And, and I think, and I mean, you you went to, went to the Dream Bowl, which is like almost like a, like a scouting combine, like, type of uh, 
I, what would you call it? like a showcase almost, right? right exactly. so I guess talk about that and like your experience after Mammoth, and then I guess your experience like kind of hanging the cleats up and being done, and yeah. I guess like the challenges that you faced, you know, kind of having football being an identity almost, right? Or, right. or just being an athlete as an identity. I guess talk about what it was like being done playing. Um, so I played in the Dream Bowl. It was a great experience. Um, I wanted to continue playing, but you know, being in the position that I was in, it was tough. I was I was beginning to realize like now since I'm older, I have to make money. Like everybody has to make some sort of income. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So me playing and focusing on me playing at the time wasn't making me income. Right. <laughs> so I had I, I had to make a decision. Um, I could either still work out as hard as I can and try to reach out to all these coaches or focus on something that's going to help me, you know, derive some some revenue. So mm-hmm. um, it kind of came hand in hand with the, the training and the kids because I was still doing that and then I was still training and then I was like, I got to I can't be half and half, you know. Yeah. If you, especially if you know, when you play, right? If you, if you're not all in, it's never gonna work. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, that's when I was like, you know what? Let me just focus on something that is gonna benefit me in the now instead of trying to continue to, you know, aspire. Because my mindset was, oh, in the future, in the future, right. my future is now. My future, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Time frame. I was thinking, my future is now, so I can't keep thinking. Okay, okay, okay. Nah, I gotta get stuff done now. That's mm-hmm. kind of comes with the the mantra that I have about my business. Um, being about your business means getting stuff done and um, focusing on something that that I felt can benefit me and benefit others was something that I thought you know I should start moving towards. So that's how it kind of ended up working out in that manner. And okay the cleats and started, you know, giving back to the kids and at the same time trying to, you know, do something for myself. Um, what 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 did you study at Monmouth? So I went to school for business. Okay. Just like business at like admin or yeah, exactly. Okay, business administration? Yeah. Okay, sweet. And I, did you have an idea like after Monmouth, after you graduated and you were in that space of art, you just went to that dream ball kind of figuring out football is gonna keep working out or not. Um, did you have an idea like what you wanted to do outside of you know, sports outside of just being a football player? Um, kind of. I knew I wanted I knew I wanted to run a business. I just mm-hmm. didn't know where I was going with it. But I knew I wanted to, you know, everybody wants to run a business. Not, I don't know if everybody wants. I know right. I did. Right. Not everyone, but I think people yeah. aspire for that, you exactly. know? People aspire to, you know, be an owner of something where, you know, you can make money in your sleep. Right. Um, so that was something that I wanted to to look towards and, and really like, you know, you know, attack. So that's why I went that route in school. At first I was a CJ major, believe it or not. Okay, criminal justice. Okay. Criminal justice. And then uh, I decided I didn't want to go that route anymore about I think it was sophomore year. Yeah, sophomore year. And then that's when I made the transition to uh, to business mm-hmm. and business administration was my concentration. All right, so I guess kind of now transitioning into, you know, training, I guess one, I think we, we talked about this, like what, what's, what certification do you have right now? So right now I have my CSCS. Right, okay. Yeah, so. Uh, for, for people, yeah, that people are on list, like that don't know, that's uh, the Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, which is really one of the best certifications you can get out there in terms of being a personal trainer. And right. like, I'm just like, Danny, you, you told me I should, consider getting that as well and you know a lot of people tell me like you know obviously certs are are, are awesome for your resume and stuff like that um but obviously the cscs is one of those that it's like your it's like a master's degree almost in training gold right standard. yeah gold it's standard. the gold standard and if you want to be a strength coach for a collegiate level you know professional level like you have to have that to get your foot in the door right like you know nasm is well respected but it's not like you you can't just have a nasm and go think you're going to be able to coach at a collegiate or train at a collegiate you know university um, but yes, I mean, obviously the CSCS, it's not an easy exam either, right? That's what a lot of people yeah. say. It's like, it's, it's challenging. Um, I guess, can you talk about a little bit about the preparation you took to get that and how that was? Cause I'm sure people would like love to hear, you know what I'm saying? Like someone's perspective on that. I got you. Um, so pretty much it was, it wasn't, 
like you said, it was challenging in a sense. But the stuff that you had to memorize was, I don't know. I feel like I've been around it. And being around Tim Ream, mm. my trainer, like he was very influential um, on me in college. I picked his brain a lot, a lot more than people actually thought. Right. I never really liked to lift weights, believe it or not, but I did. And when I was around Tim, because Tim is a North Jersey guy. Tim, he's from, uh, I think he's from Waldwick. Mm-hmm. And me and him, we had a great relationship. And he always told me, like, look, the way you work, my work ethic was definitely something that um, I feel like was is going to be a part of my legacy. Um, I would definitely, and, and I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, I'll second that. Like, and Dan, I'm sure, I mean, you know, like, dude, there'd be a lot of times where I'd be, my freshman year, I'd try to hop in with you and Ify on, on Saturday, me and Ambush. Yeah. We'd try to hop in with you and, you and Ify. To, to get extra work in, you know, and like obviously you just said you don't you didn't like lifting, but low key, bro, you was you was broad low key. <laughs> I just you know what I'm saying. So you and you used to used to put weight up in the weight room. You and KV both. Yeah, man, I just try to you know what I'm saying whatever it took for you know yeah. to get right. But that's why. So that's why you know I I had a lot of conversations with with uh, Tim Ream, and we just I picked his brain a lot, a lot, and. From there, a lot of things stuck with me, and uh, like it's crazy. Something as simple as the supernated grip and the pronated grip. You understand? Yeah. Like that stuck with me. So me, you know, um, going into my certification, I wouldn't say it was easy because it definitely wasn't. But I, I learned a lot through him and me studying and seeing things and and realizing like, oh, I've heard that somewhere before. Mm-hmm. It kind of stuck. It was like right not riding a bike, but just verbatim. Was, was constant, so I would read it, see it, and I was like, wow, I heard that before. And then do it, obviously. Exactly, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it was, I wouldn't say it was much easier because it's never really easy, but it just stuck to me a lot, a lot faster than I feel like people that haven't experienced what we experienced. 100%, and I mean, to your point, right? I mean, Tim was a, was an awesome trainer, and like, I think I only got to be, you know, I think he's only there for my first year and a half or two years before we got, you know, Cornell Key, who was also a, a really good trainer as well. But I think to your point, like when you're around that atmosphere, the language, the verbiage, and, and, and you're actually doing it, it does help. Because like, low-key Danny, like for me, the biggest struggle when I was getting my cert was like, damn, I'm thinking like, I'm not coming from an exercise background. Like, I don't know the anatomy. I don't know like the terminology of, you know, the, the scientific terms and stuff, which can be a struggle for some people. But like, if I go to the weight room, like I could probably do the stuff, but not really know that I'm doing it. Right. right. So I think kind of going back on like the CSCS versus NASM and other certs, I think a lot of people that I talk to though, Danny, like obviously, like we said, right, if you want to be a college strength coach or, or a professional strength coach, you have to have that to get your foot in the door. Right. right? But that certification doesn't necessarily mean that this person is the, the guru. Right. Right. hundred percent. Right. Because I mean, the, the coach, I my, my mentor in Maryland, his name's Coach Plez and, and he's, you know, extremely knowledgeable on you know biomechanics and running mechanics and just everything speed and agility for all you know but he does he has a nasa and he didn't really go into getting a lot more certs because he learned it in the field right and like i think there's two trains of thought like you can learn stuff in a book like, and it, it comes back to you know what type of learner are you right visual audio kinesthetic like what type of how do you take in your information and some people are better in the field being hands-on and some people can open up a textbook and just read it and memorize all this stuff right you remember Josh? Yes, yes, yes. He's that, he's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I will say though, Josh, like, and and obviously some people, like a lot of athletes, will judge a trainer like if if they're not in shape or yeah. you know that they, that they don't know what they're talking you about. But knows. you're right because you you low key wanna you want someone coaching and motivating you that is gonna speak by their word, right, and, and do it as well. Um, but I honestly this stuff though. Bro, I will say, dude, Josh got us right. He got us right. He right. That's why, and it's funny because I talk to a lot of people, and every time somebody talks about oh, being in tip-top shape to look like what you're supposed to perform, I'm like, I get it. But one of my college traders, 100%. I like that. He knew his stuff. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He knew his stuff, bro. He was very knowledgeable about training. Very, very knowledgeable. Hundred percent. Um, that's funny, man. And, and I will say, cause he, remember he when when he was there, my, my freshman year, he basically took all the freshmen and and he had his own program for us, 
yes. bro, he, he got his right. And like, I, I respected the hell out of Josh. And I think some of the older guys really didn't because he was newer. And to your point, he was a little bigger. Like, they probably were like, dude, this guy's chubby. Like, he's fat. Like, I'm, what am I going to listen to him? But like, you know how it is. Like, especially at that time at Monmouth, it was like one of those, there was a lot of personalities and the culture wasn't the same as it is now. Yeah, definitely. Right. And it's, it's changed a lot, man. And like, that's, I mean, I'll give props to coach Cal, man, like as much negative things that, you know, maybe we've said about him years back and he's been able to, I think, change and adapt to the, to the new age of the new millennial culture almost. I, yo, I agree. You know what I'm saying, D-Rock? A hundred percent. Like I, I used to look back and I used to be like, Oh, Cal this. And now I look at it and I'm like, yo, the way you win is building a foundation and sticking to your guns. 100%. Yo. And I mean, dude, Monmouth is like, they're, they're true colors in that, in the sense of, you know, Monmouth yeah. just won their first, you know, uh, Big South Championship. And like, dude, like 11th in the country or 12th in the country? I think 11th or 12th or something. That, that was their highest rank. And, and you got 100%. I mean, and, and it's awesome for them. You know, it's awesome for Coach Cowan and, and everyone there because, you know, now if you go to Monmouth, D Rock, like, Dude, you're getting a different culture there, right? Yeah. Stadium, gear, Under Armour, like, Hold on, bro. dude, what? the weight room. I seen it. I seen <laughs> it. I didn't see. I seen pictures. I ain't see. It. I seen pictures. Bro, like, it looks official, but it's awesome. I mean, that's dope for them, and, and you, you know, know props to Coach Cal. Yeah, next year their first game is against Rutgers. I think. <sighs> Battle of New Jersey. Yep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's huge. And that, look. Look, Rutgers, don't don't take this L now. <laughs> look, don't take this L, cause look, the pressure's on Rutgers, man, cause it's a lose, it's a losing situation. Like you're supposed to yeah. win that game, yeah. and if you win it, it's okay, whatever. We were supposed to do that, but if you lose, shoot, there's a lot of kids that coming from New, New uh, Jersey that are gonna be thinking like, damn, is Monmouth a better place to play at? I don't, yo, I've been dying for this game. I, we all wanted to play Rutgers when we were, I was like, bro, like these kids, a lot of these kids, they be thinking like, oh, Rutgers. I'm like, oh no, wait a minute. Yeah, it's not like, it's not sweet like that no more. <laughs> oh man, awesome, dude. Well, uh, I guess the next question I got for you, man, is, um, you know, you talked a little bit about, or a little bit about it earlier, about how like, you didn't really enjoy, you know, lifting and I guess that type of training. I guess, can you talk about how, like, that your dislike, I guess, back then, how it almost translates now? Because you're almost being a coach that is teaching your guys this, this stuff that you didn't really enjoy doing. Yeah. I guess, talk about that that dynamic. Funny, right? Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, now I, I, my babies, I call them, now I teach them to try to, to be functional. Lifts that I, I incorporate in my regimens are extremely functional. Mm-hmm. I don't like, you know, static lifts. Those aren't something that I, I, I preach. Obviously, the meat and potatoes lifts you need to get in, you know. Yeah. I mean? But at the same time, everything is functional. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Olympic lifts, explosive lifts, we do um, when it comes to lifting. But footwork is like what what I specialize in. That's what I specialize in. That's where I feel like I kind of separate myself from the mold. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, to get to um, certain levels or meet a certain criteria that's that's you know upheld, you know. But with that being said, I love footwork, and I always love footwork. Yeah. I feel that. I feel yeah, that. Always. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's you, you and if Sherm used to, used to have all the, all the drills. Yeah, so that's <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I promote that. That's, that's what I do. That's who I am. So. Uh, I, I respect it. I respect it. You know, you talked a little bit about earlier, um, you know, before we really got going, but obviously you said training is like almost like a side hustle. It's a, it's a part-time thing. Um, can you talk about like what kind of training you do? You know, obviously you, you said youth, um, youth athletes, speed and agility, some footwork stuff. Um, but I mean, you also, I think you do some group stuff too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we have group training. Um, I have a program that we, it's like a six week program, something similar to what we did in college, uh, where we do percentages of our maxes each week. And then, you know, um, each week we look at the previous week and we try to do a little bit more, a little more, but we record everything. Not mm. all training facilities do that, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Some guys will come in, 
They put the weight on the bar. This is for group training. This is for group training. Mm -hmm. They put the weight on the bar. They'll do it. They'll come back next week. What did I do last week? All right, let's put five pounds on. No, we don't do that. Mm. Break everybody down. Everybody, once they come in, because we have a free trial. So their free trial is their maxes for uh, power clean, squat, bench, and incline press. Mm-hmm. Barbell incline press. So that's their, that's their trial. They come in, they do the speed, the agility portion, and then their trial is that. Now, if you decide to sign up, that's when you enter the program. And when you enter the program, you jump in that week that the rest of the kids are in. So um, we are now on week two of the program for this year. Mm-hmm. Because we, uh, we gave a couple weeks to get the kids, you know, get the information out. We had a promo. And now we're, we're, we're rolling, man. In our, our high school group, we got like, I would say like 25 kids and it's still early. Mm. It's still early because a lot of kids, they're dual sport athletes. Right. So um, it's tough for them to get to their track practice or their basketball practice and then come at night. Yeah. The training. In. But some a lot of kids are doing it. Kids are signing up for the one-on-one classes. It's great, man. Right now we're working with high schools. We got like, uh, got like four high schools right now that are coming in. So it's like after three o'clock, our gym is packed. Yeah. We got like high schools coming in, coming in, coming in. And then we got the youth class. I work with the youth class too. Um, so the youth class starts from the age group of six to 12. Okay. Yeah. And then we have some 13 year olds that sprinkle in, but for the most part, our 13, 14-year-old guys are in the high school group because they're mm-hmm. freshmen. Yeah. Gotcha. I guess, yeah. And, and dude, Danny, I think that's like a, to your point, right? Like some of them are dual athletes, right? They, they're multiple sport players. Um, I guess like talk about that almost where it's like the struggle of being like a sports performance coach almost is that it's a, not that it's seasonal, but like a lot of your athletes, if you have heavy football players, they're going to be busy in the fall time, right? If you have heavy basketball guys, they're, they're busy in the winter season, right? Yeah. So it's almost like talk about like having like why it's important to diversify your type of clientele. For sure. Um, so with me, that's, that's, that's ideal. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right. But with me, um, ETS, we started off as a football factory. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. When it, you know what I'm saying? When it's this time off season, football off season, the gym is rolling. Right. Know what I'm saying, um, and in the and in season during football season, there's a drop off. Right, a drop off. I mean, every I feel like every gym has a dry season. Hundred percent, hundred percent. There's a drop off. It's not like drastic, whereas actually it kind of is. Believe it or not, because it's it's like right now it's booming. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then we'll get like five to ten kids. In the in the uh, in season during football and those kids they're not even consistent because I when in this this um, business I've noticed a lot of baseball kids don't like to lift mm. a lot of basketball kids don't like to lift lacrosse kids they do not like to lift I'm telling you I'm telling you I feel like football kids are the only kids that want to come in and really you know focus on the grind mm. these kids they do it but. They focus more on the nuances of the game instead of focusing like on brute strength training or right exactly the strength training or the actual agility training or you know multi-directional just things like that. I feel like football is like in high school at the high school level I should say mm-hmm. football is like the only sport where where kids really focus on that. Yeah, cause I was going to say, because I remember, dude, a lot of the guys at Monmouth, I mean, lacrosse guys, I knew that they loved the lifting part. But now I think about it, it's like you got to think about the sport as it is, right? Like football is one of those sports that it does take a lot of strength and power. It's involved, especially in the high school game. But in lacrosse, like if you squ- if you quick or you could, you have good stick skills, you might be able to get by just off your talent. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. what they focus on. So they're going to go to that one-on-one type of training. I feel you. The group training where it's like, okay, it's – 20 of us, 25 of us, 30 of us, let's get it. Let's mm. get it. You see what I'm saying? I'm with you. I'm with you. 
So that's what I noticed about um, when I when I first started, because I'm telling you when I first started. Oh, we were speaking about this earlier. When I first started, I was going to all these high schools, man, speaking to APs, talking to these coaches, basketball coaches, and they were giving me the yes man, yes man. And then when it came for the funds, everybody was like, Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's, t- like, that's typically what happens. <laughs> I was like, all right. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of figured out, you know, try to fit in the mold, I guess, within the training and, and trying to get, you know, the kids that will come. Focus on those kids and then everything else will just fall in place. Mm-hmm. So I, I also coach high school football. Okay. So that kind of like supplements that. Right. It's it's probably a good it's a good lead generator for you too of having a group of high school exactly. kids that you build that trust with. Right. So the high school that I coach at is actually a Hackenstack High School. Okay. We made the playoffs. We did well. We did okay. Not as good as we should have. Mm. Uh, our star kid is going to the Big South. Sweet. Where's school? Um, Hampton. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Tamir Robinson. Okay. Yeah. He's a dog. He's a dog. Uh, our running back. So yeah, that's that's how that's how cookie crumbles pretty much. Yeah. In this realm, I've noticed that. So. Okay. Awesome, dude. Awesome. All right. So I think this is kind of more like a question, I guess, for you, and I guess you could put it in the sense of like some of your kids now too, I guess. Um, but like, what would be like some some of the best tips or advice that you give yourself if you were a younger athlete now? I would say focus. focus. Okay. I wasn't. Like I would, I loved football. Mm. I loved everything that came with football. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm with you. you know what I'm saying. Uh huh. If I would have just, I feel like, would have really would have honed in on on football and football only, things might have been different. Because then when certain things start to take place and you're in certain you know environments and you're doing certain things and you're like, oh, I play football, but this person knows me, so I'm going to go here and meet up with this person that doesn't yeah. play football. Now I'm doing this all because of football. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, that's that's such and such. He plays ball. Always good. Oh, you know what I'm saying? That type of deal. So if I would have just, you know, honed in on the idea of, of just playing, because there's somebody that I know now. I mean, we're not best of friends, but I know him. And when we were younger, we were actually much closer. And he's actually mm. playing in the Super Bowl. Kawan Williams, KK. Okay. Number 24 on the San Francisco 49ers. And he okay. was one of those – he was an introvert to the max. Mm. He lived in um, – he lived in Patterson. Okay. And he actually lived across the street from Victor Cruz's old house. Everybody, I don't know if everybody knows Victor Cruz. Yeah, but, come on. Um, I would yeah. hope. Victor Cruz, <laughs> Victor Cruz is like a legend around here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Victor Cruz trained at ETS too. Okay. I didn't know that. That's dope. He trained at ETS. Um, but yeah, he he's like a legend around here. And uh, he's a legend, period. Yeah, um, I'm about to say. Come yeah, on. He's a legend, period. Um, but yeah, he lived across the street from him. And he was one of those kids, man, that he didn't do much. He did, but not really. Like, he kept to himself. He did what he was supposed to do, and now check it. Yeah, in the Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying. And I mean, I mean, obviously, like Danny, like, uh, like just because he was introverted, just because he did that, so that's not necessarily the only oh, no, reason, no, no, no. right? Right? Because I, I think, right? I mean, it is a stupid athlete, like, right? Right. Let's not get it twisted now. Right. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, I think you know, to your point, when you say focus, I think, and and I really, and the reason I'm I'm getting into that more is because it's like I'm I'm just picturing a kid that's listening to this right now, if they are in high school or middle school, and they're wondering like damn, like, is it okay for me to go hang out with friends? Like, like, you know, that stuff is part of growing up, right? Like, that's part of the fact of you being an outgoing kid or whatever. Um, but I think what you're saying more is, like, being locked in and understanding what it, football and sports can bring to you moving forward. And especially if you love doing it, it's like, why not, why, why not give it your all, right? And then lock into what you're doing so that you can, you know, have a future for yourself that is, is promising, right? Right. That's exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying. Exactly. Because, I mean, I think, honestly, and, and dude, Danny, you know how, I mean, especially in high school, man, like, that's, like, those are times where you're really trying to find yourself as a man, as a young kid, um, you know, really trying to mature in your own self. 
And I think it's a lot of times in high school, man, people always like, they want to be cool. Like they want to hang out with the cool kids and they're, they're too worried about what people are going to think or say like, Oh, like I didn't get invited to that party. Like, dude, I'm a football player. I didn't get invited. Like, like why people don't like me. Like it's almost like all those thoughts go in your head of like, damn, like I was, it's like, it's like fear of missing out. I had the FOMO of like, damn, I wasn't there. And like, it's almost like you start realizing as you get older though, D-Rock, you realize like it don't really matter. Right. Cause like, right. <laughs> and it's not that like you're not friends with those people in high school it's like I'm, I'm still pretty close friends with some of my high school friends but it's the fact that you missing out on that party or that prom or or whatever it is like big picture it doesn't really matter but in that moment I get it because you're a high school kid and you don't want to miss out on what your friends are doing but there comes a time where like you do got to sacrifice like dude my junior year literally me and my like a bunch of my teammates we there's a showcase the day after prom Right. So like Danny, like all my friends, they went to the after party. They drank. Like they all had a good ass time. And like me and all my football teammates, all of us got up six o'clock that next morning to go to a showcase. And literally, Danny, like, I got my first offer that the next day from a D2 school. And Monmouth was at that coach Van Zyl was at that same showcase. And he like that's when he really like had interest in me because already Darnell was already there. But like if I didn't sacrifice that day and like not going to my junior prom. I might not have potentially played in college. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's, that's what you're, that's what we're talking about. It's like sacrificing the, the sacrificing the current for your future. Right. And understand that the future is a bigger picture versus what you're missing out at the moment. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that like I see cause now one of my, one of my closest friends, we still talk, but he lives in Kentucky now. Mm-hmm. His name, his name is uh, Jamal Hogan. And Bro, me and him were like this in high school. Like, we were literally brothers. Like, we still are brothers, you know what I'm saying? I just don't see him because he's in Kentucky. But he made horrible decisions. Horrible. 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 Where there was a scenario for him where he almost lost it all. Mm. Oh, God. The coach, Charlie Strong. I don't know. People don't know. Yeah. Charlie Strong, he was one of the players' coach. Charlie Strong is a player's coach, and he understood this scenario. He gave him another chance, and got so good, you know, gave him another chance. He graduated from college, you know what I'm saying? Because he got, he had his offer his junior year, and he committed his junior year. And then there was an incident that happened when we were seniors, and it was crazy. And he could have pulled it. He could have pulled it. He could have no, we don't need you and gave him a shot before he even got there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Maul's a good kid. It was just, this is what I'm saying, focusing. Wrong, mm. wrong time. That was all that happened. Literally. 100%. I mean, and to your point, it's like your environment, the people you're with, and especially, like, I mean, a lot of times, like, football players hang out with football players, but to your point, there's a lot of other people that don't play football that you could still be associated with, right? A lot. Right. And, and you hang out with the wrong crowd and it's just a bad timing and, and you get caught up in a situation. And just like that, you just you're, you're, you get stuck, you know, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, and I could say the same thing. There's a ton of people that had so much talent that was wasted. Right. Whether it was grades, whether it was the wrong crowd, you know, doing drugs, like just doing things outside of what they should have been. And coming back to what you said of focus like not being locked into what they were really doing because of the outside noise. Right. And sometimes dude, nice. Like to what we just said, when you're, when, when you're worried about what people are going to think or say, you don't want to let down your, your boy. That's yeah. not right. No. Right. It's like, you don't want to let them down or, or whatever it might be. And it's, it can lead to, uh, you know, not having the opportunity that you want, you know? Nice. Awesome, dude. Well, I think now, I mean, we're, I want to ask you more now about like social media too. And I think we, t- we touched on it a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on, on just like the current state of social media, you know, you know, how it affects your business and, and also just like with the younger generation, with them being so close to it. Yeah. I guess just talk about like, well, first of all, your thoughts just on social in general. So my thoughts on social media, um, there's pros and then there's cons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do the pros outweigh the cons? <laughs> It's tough, you know what I'm saying? Because you can really put yourself in some real, real manure, if you know what I'm saying. 100%. Social media. So if you use it solely for business or even entertainment in a sense, but yeah. if you don't, you know, 
you don't put a whole bunch of stuff that is unnecessary, like verbal abuse or, you know, just inappropriate content. People know what's inappropriate, you know what I'm saying? And if you use it in, in you know, the proper, the proper way, then it's great. But a lot of people, sometimes they abuse it. Like I said, there's pros and cons. And these kids, they got to understand, like, social media is watched by a lot of people that you don't even know. Nope. Like, if your page is private, that's cool. That's great. But I know kids, they just want a bunch of followers. So it can be anybody and everybody trying to send a friend request and they'll accept it. And you don't know who's watching what. And people have a bunch of fake pages. KD, mm -hmm. Kevin Durant, made a burner page. And he's Kevin Durant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's where, you know, people got to be real, real careful when it comes to social media. But for the business aspect, it's great, man. Like, you, you freaking meet a whole bunch of people that you never even met before in your life. You'll never 100%. see this person, and you'll be able to speak through, through social media to them. You know what I'm saying? 100%. I think you said it on point. Like, I guess it depends how you're using it, right? Because, yeah. I mean, yo, it could be so powerful, or it could just be a waste. Right? I mean, it literally, right? Like, it could be one of those things, like, literally, my mentor, Coach Plez, like, if I didn't have Instagram, I wouldn't have found his stuff. I wouldn't, have, I couldn't just DM him on my phone and be like, yo, Coach, like, like, can I come and stop by and shadow you for a little bit? And you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how powerful it is. But at the same side, the flip side of it is, it could be so wasteful if all you're doing is scrolling and looking through other people's stuff and, and you're just, you're consuming so much and not, you know, trying to live your own life. Because, I mean, realistically, it is, literally social media it exposes you right whether you're using it positively or negatively like it's going to expose what you're doing on it right if you only consume other people's stuff and you're worried about what they're doing and how they're living their life and not living your own then i think it's very negative it's crazy because like i each week i get like a percentage of, of the time frame that i'm yep. on. i'm sure mm -hmm. everybody does and i see it and i'm so happy when it says down 10 percent, down 12 percent down 15%, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it, it means like, all right, I'm, I'm not on my phone. I'm doing something. And there's times where I'm on my phone, but I use my phone, you know, either talk to somebody of importance or I'm, I'm you know, social uh, social networking yep. or, you know, trying to, to just, you know, build my own business through it, through posts or, or, or like I said, social networking, things like that in that nature. So, you know, it can be great, but then you got scenarios like one of my ex-favorite players in the league, Antonio Brown, you know? know. It's sad. It's dude, sad. Dude, that, he's one of my, he was one of my guys too, Danny. Like, it it's really sucks to see how – like, dude, I feel like – I don't know what your thoughts, but like, honestly, I feel like AB's changed. Oh, so much. Like, Danny, like, he, like, even the way he talks – like it's not the same person, and and it's I don't know if that like obviously social media is it's exposing him at this point, but he's exposing himself. Hundred percent. But I mean, honestly, at this point though, like he almost deserves it. Yeah. In the yeah. sense that, like, yo, like, like, AB, like, you're putting this on on yourself almost, right? Like, you're choosing to do that. And you would think somebody that came from where he came from, humble beginnings, bro. Humble beginnings should make you realize, like, all this can be taken away from yeah. I can go back to where I came from. Like, 100%. not everybody grows up certain ways. And people that do come from humble beginnings understand, like, going back to, to a lifestyle that, you know, was at the time, you don't know because you're young. So you think that's the norm. You see other people living, but what you see is what you see. Me branching out and me, like, seeing other places and knowing what, you know, the country offers, the United States offers, is what made me realize, like, oh, like, yo, this this is, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, these people around here that, not, but there's people that are around here that definitely get into it, but there's a lot of people around here that act like they get into it, that, yo, I be looking at these dudes, like, if you have no idea, mm. you really think, but you really don't know, like, you really don't know, so... A dude like that that came from where he came from 
to to go the route that he's going now is just like, bro, yo, close your eyes, bro. Close yeah. your eyes. Think about that time. Think about that time. Just think. Close your eyes. Mm-hmm. And think about that time when you were 8, 10, 11, 12 years old. Remember that. And some people, they just, you know what I'm saying? It's just tough. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, uh, uh, you watch Rocky? Any of the Rockies? Yeah. I'm, I'm remember, remember, uh, remember, was it Rocky 5, I think, when, like, he's, like, broke? And he goes back to Philly and, like, he goes back to living in, like, a like a crappy apartment and all that stuff. It's almost like that. It's like, do you think someone like AB, like, can they humble themselves if they had to move back into a situation like that? Would they be able to get themselves out of it, right? I, I honestly think there's something wrong with his brain. Yeah, I mean, dude, and, and you know, in 2020, bro, mental health is, like... No, 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 no. Like, like I, don't, I don't wish this on nobody, but everybody knows about CTE. Hey, you think it's there's yo this is ridiculous yeah uh level honest it's, it's, it's next level yeah it is i don't is. i don't know i don't know but Obviously, yeah. neither of us do but if i if you know 20 years from now 30 years from now somebody said oh antonio brown ended up having cte i wouldn't be surprised yeah i don't yeah, wish it on nobody but this downward spiral that mm-hmm. he's going through right now, that the whole world is seeing. If yep. the whole world wasn't seeing this, then we can't, you know, really decipher why this is happening to him. But we know why. Because we're seeing it. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I think the recent thing was, like, he was turning himself into the police or something. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, dude, it seems like every every week or every couple of days there's, like, a new thing about AB, you know? He was posting on his page about, like... Men's genital gummies. Did you I see that? Hear, I didn't hear that, honestly. I've seen that. It's crazy. It's bad. So he threw men's genital gummies at his wife when she came to his house. i seen it on his Instagram live. This is how I know. Mm. So he threw it at his wife while his kids were with his wife. And he was screaming at her saying, you stole that Bentley. It's not yours. It's mine. You're trying to steal the Bentley. Oh my god! And then, and then he consistently was posting the, the company that manufactured these gummies, saying that their views have increased, and he's part of the reason why their views are increased. Like, bro. Yeah, dude. You know what I'm saying like that. That in itself, right there. I don't want to say it's self-explanatory on what's going on, but right, he's just putting knives in his back. Yeah, dude, that's, that's wounds, bro. He's bugging. That's, dude. I think to your point. I mean, dude, for AB, I think no one's gonna really know. And and to your, like, it might be years down the road where something comes out where there is like a reasoning for the way he's acting. Because I mean, dude, you talk about a sixth round guy, a fifth, sixth round guy that you know came from the dirt, you know, and worked for everything he got. And it's like it's almost like he's like to your point, forgotten about. The, the process and, and where and how far he's come you know and it's just like it's it's dude ab used to be a favorite player of many dude no, just of many people ethic. That's, 100%. Why, that's why i was like yo that's my guy but he works so hard like every day and i would think like yo how is he moving like this on the field like his legs aren't tight you know what i'm saying from all working out you know what i'm saying 100 the amount, of, the amount of money he put into his body with, you know, cryo and, you know, training, everything, food, all of that, for him to just throw it away because of, uh, I don't know. yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I really don't know. So it, The wildest thing, he, he he's arguably still one of the best, like, oh. think about, I mean, the one game he played in New England, like, like, dude, he could have snapped probably, but like, it's, it's like, the personality that you're getting, I don't know if it's worth the play. Oh, no. That's why they cut him. Right? And it's That's just it's almost too much. That's why they cut him. And I get it. And they actually did the right thing because it just would have it would have been a, a, a snowball, a snowball. For the whole year. Whole year. For the whole year. 
All right. So this is my last question before we get into my quick takes, which is just like a, it's where I just throw a couple of questions at you and you just fire back, you know, with the, with the, whatever, the quickest answer you got. Um, but before we do that, just uh, talk about, you know, you know, us being athletes, especially being on, on a team sport, right? Like they like, if we're, if you're a swimmer or a golfer, like, you know, you're really just on your own. Right. Um, but you know, when you play football, bro, like, especially you being a running back, like, first of all, if you can't trust the line or the quarterback to, you know, get yourself in the right position, like, it, you don't really you don't have much right so obviously teamwork is a critical part of playing football but I guess what skills did you learn as being from being an athlete and maybe not even just from football but just being an athlete in general that have helped you transition into your work now you know your training now and like kind of you know everything in between um so I would say I would say as crazy as the sounds because it's gonna sound wild um ego Ego, check mm. your ego, bro. For a team to thrive, you have to do your part. And a lot of times, people feel like their part is more than what they can offer at that time. Now, your part may grow, you know, mm -hmm. throughout time. But sometimes people come in the door and they feel like what they can offer can be so much more. And it's 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 that's what I learned ego like and a, a lot of times people just say it and I people can look at me and think I'm just saying it and I and people deal with demons every day you know what I'm saying people definitely deal with demons every day so I feel like you know checking your ego and really like believing into believing in, in a program whatever program you're in and checking your ego and doing your job and if your job grows after after um, a certain time frame then so be it. Be mm -hmm. blessed. Be, you know what I'm saying? Be grateful for that. Take advantage of your opportunity. But checking your ego is something that, that uh, is something that I definitely learned. And do you think that that was like from your experience specifically, like because kind of like your path and your journey, or is it just something that you've realized like along the way after playing? A little bit of both, honestly. Like. Yeah, I feel like, you know, my college experience in playing ball, not saying that I was the most egotistical guy, but I just felt like there were certain times where I could have contributed more and me uh, announcing it instead of me being, you know. The best teammate, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The best teammate, that, that. That is what kind of hurt me in a sense. Not oh, that's real. to say that I was, I felt like I was, you know, the next Antonio Brown or anything like that. In my mind, I might have did, but that was my problem. That's the ego factor. You know, I, I mean? that's real, bro. And it, it takes it, obviously a couple. I mean, years of maturity, and I mean, you're man enough to to say it and speak it. You know what I'm saying? Because dude, oh. some dude, Danny, some people will still be like, nah, like dog. They, they ain't use me the right way. You know what I'm saying? Be dwelling about that. Yeah. The fact that you're even able to, you know, be self-aware enough to understand that, damn, like maybe the way I approached it wasn't the best. Because, yo, honestly, I talk to Darnell about it all the time, too. And, and Hakeem, too. It's like, dog, if you think about it, like, and, and how I try to, you know, live my life now, very optimistic and, and, and you know, very positive. In a sense, dude, like our locker room towards Cal, towards what Monmouth football was about at the time was very negative. What? We resented him. Everybody was right. like, no, he's got to go. Real, dude, that's real, bro. And like, it started with when, when, even when I came in there, a lot of the seniors, like that was almost what they were like instilling into everyone in the locker room. Like, dog, like this is that BS. Like this is the shit we get no gear, you know, stadiums weak. Like, and I get it. Like I'm sure Cal, if he, if and you know what it is, we were comparing ourselves to programs that were further along than we were. Because I think now I look back, I'm like, yo, I got a couple gear. I got some, you know what I'm saying? But we didn't get, we didn't get the, the yeah. the cleats or yeah gloves every game you know what i'm saying we got stuff but not as much as lsu or the bamas right i mean it, it, now, it's tough to compare to the power five. I mean, it, it, they still don't get that much they get gear though they, 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 not as much as the power five schools but they even get y'all even y'all your senior year y'all was getting like i remember i got like the crazy bags with the yeah we did the backpacks and yeah, you know what I'm saying? So little yeah. stuff like that. Each year it just got progressively better. 
So, I mean, it is what it is. It 100%. Really, yeah. 100%. And I mean, I think, I, I think you, I, honestly, I think you, me, I mean, a lot of our teammates that, um, you know, to your point, because I mean, think about in college, man, like, it's not, it's not high school no more where you're the best player, right? right, right? It's flat out, it's competition. Um, yeah. And you got to take advantage of your opportunity. And you just don't know when that opportunity is going to present itself. And, right, if you're in the right mentality, though, that you're just ready for when that happens, you're patient, and you're like that delayed gratification of like, you know what, I might not see the field for my first three, four years, but shoot, my fifth year year, my fifth year, I'm going to snap. Like, that could happen. And, and, you know, league could be an option. And maybe league's not an option, but you still have an awesome senior year, you know? Look at Keem, dog. 100%. I mean, dude, I tell people about Keem all the time. I'm like, this man Keem was a bench warmer, bro. Like, I literally remember my sophomore year, my first year playing, I was above the depth chart of Keem. Like, that was the year. Because I remember there was a year. We were in the locker room, and Keem was at, still at receiver. He might have been, like, sixth or something. And we were sitting in the locker room and we were talking and everybody at the quad was in there and everybody was like, yo, I need the rock this year. I need the rock this year. And then King was like, yo, I need the rock this year. Everybody just looked at King like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, King? Like, hey, yo. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Everything, he was patient. He was a team guy. King 100%. was the ultimate team guy. He said it, but it wasn't on no like bullshit. 100%. His opportunity presented itself. All the tight ends went down. He took first team, second team, third team reps that spring, bro. I'll never forget that. 100%. All the tight ends went down and he balled. He balled, bro. And, and balled. Dog, delayed gratification, man. And the thing is, like, many people in Keem's shoes, and he said this before, he's like, most people would have transferred and said, F this, you know, F Cal, F Mammoth. You know, I, I should be playing, but like, dog, especially when you're when you're a genuine person, you're very positive, yeah. and, and you're about the team. Dog, good things happen, man. But no, that's dope, man. Ego, I, I like that honestly, Danny. And, and for you to be, you know, man enough to to even say that, that's, that's dope, man. Because dude, honestly, a lot of people, D Rock. I mean, they would have just been like, say they would have said something else, you know? Yeah, and you know what? People still fight deep, bro. I'm still there's still times where I gotta like check myself and be like, yo, chill. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, I'm not perfect. 100%. Everybody, no one is. Everybody thinks the way they think. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like if there's, you know, there's a time and place, you know what I'm saying, for everything. So be who you are, but at the same time, be humble. 100%. 100%. I like that. Thank you for listening to the Athletes Marathon podcast. We want to make sure you stay connected with our guests so we'll have access to the show notes and our latest episodes on our website head over to www.theathletesmarathon.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next week, thanks again for listening.